Haunted Hangover presents Anthology Obscuria. Welcome to another installment of Anthology Obscura. I'm Louie, and I'm joined by... Sammy. Hi. <laughs> I'm Chris. Hi. <laughs> and I'm Annie. And welcome to Movie Phone. There you go. First time we have uh, four people on in a uh, haunted hangover No, Trifecta's three. Fucking A. Shit. Yeah, so four of us. So this is a first, so... Prepare for chaos. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> for the post massacre. Yes. From ready luckily, to rumble. Yes. Luckily, a fatal four-way here. Who's gonna be the champion for the belt? Uh, but luckily, we're co- we're covering a topic that is an easy one. Won't uh won't won't cause any uh any brain cells to explode. And that is, we're talking our top three. Twilight Zone episodes, the original Twilight Zone. Ep- no, we're covering the obscure one hosted by Forrest Whitaker. Our top three. <laughs> our top three. I've been rewatching that shit on Tubi recently. <laughs> and, uh, sorry, guys. That's what we're actually talking about. No, we're not. We're talking about the original, the original version from the '60s. Is it Ro- Rod Sterling, right? Not Ron Sterling. Rod Sterling. Rod. Rod it's Sterling. Rod Serling. 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 I no think tea. I said when we when we covered. Um, uh, what's the episode that you picked, Chris? Uh, your favorite, your, one of your favorites. We covered it on the show. The Donald Pleasance one. I'm blanking on the name, like, real hard <laughs> right fucking now. Well, last time we could fail, last time we covered the Twilight Zone, I think I was saying Rod, Rod Sterling, the, like, Serling the entire episode. So I was messing his name up there. For some reason, English, no bueno. Uh, but yes, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about our top three episodes. Some of us are the changing one. of the guard. There the you go, the guard. You, Chris. The changing <laughs> of the guard. That was the episode we covered. Me, you, and Sam. Manny was yeah, yeah. great episode. episode. Completely slipped my fucking mind today. There you go. But I think in that episode, <laughs> I was I was I was mispronouncing his name. So I think I did it at least once or twice for some. Oh yeah, reason. I was there. Yeah, you forgot to. So yeah. <laughs> Manny forgot too, and he wasn't even recording with, with us that no day. Idea. So, no idea. No so, idea. Blank. But yeah, we're gonna be talking about our top three Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, we like off air before we hit record. Some of us were saying that this doesn't necessarily mean it's our number one, but just kind of our top three. I guess you know that could always change from year to year, mm-hmm. but. At least for my list, this is basically my top three and my favorite, my number one Twilight Zone episode. So I'm not uh, I, I, I don't see my list changing anytime soon. These are always like three that I always go back to and I've seen probably the most. So and I'm assuming your guys picks is same situation. Right. I, I'm guessing. Mostly. Mostly. And mostly. Yeah, mostly. I figured. And none of us know what the other ones other one picked. For, for the top three. So this will be a surprise. Might, yes, there might be some uh, some double picks here. Some but I have a feeling. I, I highly doubt that. I don't know why, but I have a feeling. But I might be completely wrong. So uh, with my sister, I don't know. She might pick one I like. I don't know. There's a, there's a chance. Um, I don't know. I feel like Manny's you don't got know like me. deep cut episodes <laughs> that no one else is going to pick. 
I I I back that. I feel the same way. Something that director picked the most basic bitch Twilight Zone episode. That's it. That's it. I I think that's gonna be my my. uh, That's it. Monsters are due on Maple Street. That's it. All three. (laughs) Well, uh, I I think mine are gonna be predictable. (laughs) I I think mine are predictable. Uh, But yes, I'll start. I'll start this uh, charade. How gracious of you. You sure about that? Yes, I am sure about that. I hate that show, by the way. We're not going to get into that, though. That's a, that's, another, that's a tangent for another I don't even day. know what that is. I just, no. know, I just know it from the talk. Sammy, you're, you're saving yourself a, a big waste of time, but I don't want to offend Chris because Chris Sammy, loves that show. Sammy, I've lost, too. I have no, yes. no. Do the entire, entire that's episode good. on that next. That's good. No, thank you. But yes. You <laughs> made a reference, and I didn't, didn't even know it. Neither. Yep. Yeah, and you know what, Manny? Keep it that way. I so, plan to. <laughs> all right. But yes, I will start with my number three pick in my top three Twilight Zone episodes. You called me Marsha. Did I? I'm sorry. That was forward of me. I apologize. How did you know my name? I've probably seen you around the store. No, you haven't. So my number three is from season one. I'm giving you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm dangling it in front of you. Season oh my God, one. my heart is pounding. <laughs> season, season one, teasing you a little bit. Season one, episode 34. And that is the after hours. <laughs> I'm seeing some, uh, some looks, some looks here. I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll find mm-hmm. out. But um, in a nutshell, th- this episode is the mannequin episode where the woman is locked inside of a department store, I believe trying to buy, uh, to buy a thimble for her mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone's weird in it, and she's kind of you know experiencing a lot of weird things in the elevator. She ends up on these floors that there's no one there except for one person selling her said thimble. Uh, you find out that this woman is actually one of the mannequins in this department store. And what happens is, I believe it's once a month the mannequins are allowed to come to life or they're always alive, I guess is what you get from this. And what ends up happening is, yeah, they take turns kind of going into the real world and pretending to be human and living like, Mm -hmm. like humans. Uh, I've always thought this episode was super creepy because mannequins are pretty creepy and they're, you know, there's people that actually have a fear of mannequins. I did not know that. It's not Kim Cattrall. (laughs) Yes. There you go. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not Kim Cattrall. It's not Kim Cattrall. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's always really eerie. Uh, I think Anna Francis, she's the lead in this. She plays Marsha. She's great. It's an excellent performance. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of Twilight Zone episodes where a female is the lead. Few and far between. Mm-hmm. There's probably, honestly, a handful. Maybe mm-hmm. ten episodes. It's either usually a male lead or a couple in a bunch of episodes. But this is a literally female-driven episode. I've always loved it. Also, those ski masks. Two of the mannequins are skiers, and it's the weirdest shit when you see the shots mm-hmm. of them. So scary. I remember as a kid being creeped out by this. Always loved it. They remade it also in the uh, mm. 80s Twilight Zone. Mm. Not nearly as good. <laughs> Not mm. nearly as effective. Uh, but yeah, I'd be curious to watch that. It's, 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 not, it's not as good. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. I don't want to open up that. I believe you. Right I believe you. <laughs> but yeah, the after hours. Great episode. My number three. 
Now, look, I don't want to make a big thing out of this, but what kind of a place is this? I mean, all I want is one small item, a gold thimble. I come up on a floor that hasn't a single thing in evidence except what I'm looking for. Well, you may be a little more sophisticated than I am, but this I call odd. Okay, so um, I think it's great that I'm next because, to no surprise, After Hours is also on my top three, <laughs> my top three episodes. Are you Season one, or something? episode 34. I love this episode, and I'm glad you mentioned the ski masks because when they cut to the scene of the mannequins in these like garments that they're trying to sell, that one just feels so out of place and so fucking terrifying. It's it just looks like a I wouldn't want that to come alive. Yeah, uh, that that episode I like in particular because uh, I mean, we've seen so many horror movies and shows that we can kind of figure out what's going on. But I think to the blind eye, you don't really know what the hell's going on till the very end. She's just painted to be this erratic, crazy woman. Uh, the reason that she finds her finds out what's going on. I believe like there's like a scratch on the thimble and she wants to go to the complaint department. Yeah. And but they're the com people in the complaint department said there is no ninth floor. So she she's just like, what do you mean there's no ninth floor? And I do. <laughs> I will say even it, a trend in like the Twilight Zone series is if the women uh, what there is a female lead, they're just fucking lunatic. Yeah. Um, and this is a perfect, this is like a perfect example of that. Um, but After Hours, for sure, one of my favorites. I love her. The, the woman, the sales clerk on the ninth, on the ninth floor, uh, I like a lot because they chose the most statuesque looking human being, like a she's like a supermodel yeah, actress sure. to, right. to play this woman. And it, it kind of, you kind of get an idea of what the episode's going to be like after, after seeing her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love that episode so much. So I'm, I'm glad I'm second because I could just kind of <laughs> piggyback off of that. Definitely one of my top three episodes for sure. After Hours. I feel like it's sort of, obviously, Twilight Zone is known for its twist. And this is a big one. And it's kind of the mm -hmm. epitome of twist. You know, not, not see, like you said, Sammy, you don't really see it coming the first time you watch it. Like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, she's a mannequin. That's alive. That's weird. But yeah. yeah. There you go, Sammy. Pretty right cool. off the bat, both of us picked the same one. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Tonight, a presentation so special and unique that for the first time in the five years we've been presenting The Twilight Zone, we're offering a film shot in France by others. Winner of the Cannes Film Festival of 1962, as well as other international awards. All right. I like, I like that you said twist and like how Twilight Zone is all about the twists because the first episode that I'm picking um, has what I consider like a real gut punch, good twist, um, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, mm. which is the last ever episode of Twilight Zone that was produced. Wasn't the last episode to air, but it was the last episode that was ever produced for the Twilight Zone. It's season five, episode 22. It is actually not originally a Twilight Zone episode. It was a mm. French short film based on this short story and occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge uh, that Rod Serling saw at, or the producers saw at Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival, and loved it so much that they purchased the rights and did a little bit of like editing and added, you know, like the opening narration and the closing narration and made it a Twilight Zone episode. And it, oh, it works so well. So. Um, judging by your like surprised reactions, I don't know that you guys have seen this episode, 
It, it doesn't ring um, a bell. What's wait? What season was this again? Season, season five, episode five. twenty-two. Oh, so it's towards the end of the it run. Is. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the last episode they ever produced. Oh, like, wow. Sequentially, other episodes aired after it on television, but it's the last mm-hmm. one that they ever produced. Tell um, us about so it. It's, it's a guy who. It, it takes place in the 1800s and it's a, a civilian who is hung by the Confederacy. And at the moment of him being hung off of Owl Creek Bridge, the he catches a flash of, you know, his life flashes before his eyes and uh, he sees his wife and he obviously is going to miss her and wants to get home to his wife, but he can't. But then the noose snaps and he plummets into the water and he makes his, his grand escape. And uh, over the course of the 28 minutes or so, because it's, it's an extended runtime for a Twilight Zone episode, like 28 minutes. So like with commercials, it was probably on for closer to an hour. Um, so, he, you know, he's making his escape. The, the Confederate soldiers are firing on him. He's under the water. He hears the cannons in the background. The cool thing about the episode is there's really no dialogue. I mean, the guy is like shouting out his wife's name every once in a while, trying to get home to her. And every couple of you know, couple of scenes, he'll get a flash of his wife, and and this is his mission now is to get home to his wife, and um, he makes it home. He gets right to the gates of his house, and he sees his wife run up from the porch to greet him, and the second they embrace, uh, his neck snaps, and he's he was hung the entire time. So this this entire sequence of events of him thinking that he you know survived, made and, it out, and made it was actually his life, essentially flashing before his eyes before he died. And kind of the the meaning of of time, like in that last moment, how much is that last moment? And I think like that twist kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's so sudden because like the way it's depicted on screen, like the guy literally is running and embraces his wife, and then his neck snaps back, and that's it. And I just think that it's such a cool visual, and it's just one of those episodes that like I don't remember watching it like as a kid or anything during like you know the marathons, but I remember like the first time I saw it as an adult, I was like, "Wow, this is." fucking awesome and like have since sought out to rewatch it and like read the short mm-hmm. story afterwards it's mm-hmm. it's it's a great one it's funny as soon as you said he was hung and fell into the water i knew what episode you were talking about i just didn't yeah. know the name of it it's one of those episodes that i know but don't know that the title of the episode right. so yeah, me too. i think i think gut punch was a good word because I, i've never seen that i'm now 1000 percent going to watch it but uh just just the way you described it so beautifully, Chris. Thanks. I I I almost I almost shed a tear. I got wet eyes. I mean, it's a I great did. Episode. That was That's so fucking go, that blows. I mean, you know you know the end now, but it's oh, still like it's just a it's visually really well done. Yeah, that sounds. I, I'm yeah. I definitely want to see that. You went no. with a deep cut, Chris. You see, that was good though. <laughs> you went with it with start, a deep start cut. Start deep, and now I'm just going up to the basic bitch yeah. stuff for the rest. Of <laughs> <you>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> It's a good episode. That one actually, um, before sunset, there's a moment in the beginning of the movie before sunset when when Jesse is talking to the people and he says that he always wanted to write a story that takes place through the span of a pop song, where the story starts with this guy's hearing a song and then the song brings him through memories of his entire life and everything. And then by the end of the song, it's been like 300 pages, but it's just how you can live an entire life in the span of like three and a half minutes. And when I when I saw that movie, it reminded me of this episode. Then that mm-hmm. this it's a whole story that takes place in the span of like a split second. Yeah, wow. yeah. 
It's a really tight, from what I remember, it's been a while since I watched it, but it's a really tight, like you said, 28 minutes, and they do a good job. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a very, with that very short interesting, run time. like, study on time. That That's what I really like about it. Yeah, and that's a good uh, comparison to, uh, was it Before Sunset, you said, Manny? Yeah, great yeah, one. Before yeah. Sunrise. Before Sunrise. Before no, Sunset, sunset, yes. Sunset, yeah. yeah sunrise, I think, one. is the second one. The yeah. second one. <laughs> yeah, no. so, wow. Sunrise is the first, Sunset's the second, it's in Sunset. There you go, Chris. Yeah. Picking a gem there. Are in error, Mr. Wordsworth. There is no God. The state has proven that there is no God. You cannot erase God with an edict. I'm going with, for my first pick, is The Obsolete Man, starring Burgess Meredith and Fritz Weaver. Oh. Uh, this is a futuristic dystopian society where... Um, you know, government basically controls everything, and they have decided what is and is not obsolete. Um, Burgess Meredith plays a librarian, and the state has decided that librarians are obsolete. Um, religion is obsolete, a lot of things. And so that being as he is a librarian, he is useless to the to society, so he will be executed. In this in this society, people get to choose their own method of execution, and he chooses to be uh, to have his execution televised and to choose his executioner, and only the executioner knows the method to which he decides he's going to die. So they set up the camera in his apartment, and he and and Fritz Weaver's character comes to the apartment to kind of show him off. Um, uh, uh, to show the strength of the of the state, and Burgess Meredith sits and they have a, a kind of a theological conversation of sorts, and eventually Fritz Reaver realizes that he's locked in, and that Burgess Meredith has decided he's going to be blown up at midnight. Uh, the entire purpose of Bur- of Mer- Burgess Meredith's setup is that he wants to prove that even though the state may be all powerful, they are not omnipotent. Mm-hmm. And it is still the folly of man. It's still man that controls it. So man can be wrong. Yeah. So uh, he traps him in there until about 10 seconds before the before it blows up, um, where he's going to sit and read his book. He wants to show the state cower for its life while the state's entire purpose. It's like uh, uh, I think I think that this was a, uh, a take on, especially at the time, Russia. Where everything was all all about their strength and not, you know, not, not faltering in the, in the, in the eye of diversity, uh, diversity, excuse me, adversity. Um, And basically, so by the end of the thing, by the end of the episode, Fritz Weaver is begging for his life, begging to be let out. And he finally does. He lets him out, blows up behind him. He goes back to the state room and now he's determined to be obsolete and he's put up for execution. That's another so, one I haven't seen in so long. I forget that that one in Burgess Meredith is in that movie, in that one. Because yeah. he's Absolutely. in, he's been in what two or three, four, four, four Twilight episodes. Zone episodes. Wow, four episodes. Yes, and he's, he's the narrator like, in the movie. Yes, yes you're right. Twilight you're right. Zone movie. He's the narrator. You're right. He is in the '80s movie. You're yeah. right. That is a good one. It is. It's That's always one been with, one of my favorites. You know, I've always been into politics. Yeah, and, and this is very heavily political. Yeah. Um, what what season is that? Where is that? Uh, season two, episode okay. twenty nine. That's the one with the podiums, right? When they're on the podium yep. and talking down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's yep. a that, that is a really good one. I love the way they shoot it too. Oh, yeah, the acting. Good one. Oh, that's a that's like the Twilight Zone episode where it's like the acting is kind of driving it. It's not it's yes. not really relying yeah. on twist or anything like that, which mm-hmm. is 
which is good when they balance episodes. You know, when you watch something like the after hours yeah. and then it could bounce to mm-hmm. something like this where it's completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I really love those sorts of stories where it's just like people's wits up against each other. Yeah. You know, like 12 yeah. angry men. It's just a bunch of people in a room mm-hmm. trying to outsmart each other in one right. way or another, just arguing their own points. And I love, I love that style of story. And this I, is I feel like twilight like zone in general, they do that a lot where they have us question each other. Mm-hmm. and yeah. who we can trust oh, and yeah. and like whether or not the decisions that we make are really for the best of everyone so sure. i i feel like thematically that's like on par with like what twilight zone does for sure i i also another one i haven't seen i feel like i'm slacking man wow sammy i haven't seen that <laughs> It, that one sounded more familiar than Chris's, but I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> it's funny Manny mentioned 12 Angry Men. That movie is filled with Twilight, actors that have appeared on Twilight yes, Zone. Yeah. And that's yeah. a great Including, movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch right, of... Burgess Meredith is in that, isn't he? No, no, he's right? not in that. He's he's not in that. I don't think he's in no. the original. No, not in the original. No, no, no. no he's, he's in not. the remake, yeah. He he's might in be in the remake. I know George C. Scott's in, in one of the remakes. Yes. I forget which one it is, but... He's in the remake, yeah. There was that's, 700 remakes of that Yeah, movie. I know. <laughs> but yeah, 12 Angry Men has a lot of... Uh, a lot of, And that is a good comparison, too, when you compare 12 Angry Men in your episode, Manny. So that's, that's yeah. good. I think... I, like, I like when Twilight Zone is that, like... And I think it was always its best when it was that foil for, like... What Manny said, like, the adversity of, of the real world and, like, the follies yeah. of man. There was very, like... I would have loved to have seen at the time kind of how it was looked at you know by by people because in the culture we're in today everything is like everything is like if you don't agree with it it's wrong and i would love to see how twilight zone was presented because i mean it is very its messaging is very much not aligned with conservative values i could see it going over people's heads though maybe right in the sense of like different time yeah not understanding that, you know, in a lot of these stories, they're painting you as the bad guy and justifiably so, but you may not know it kind of thing. Yeah. No Twitter for people to bitch about the episode on. That's basically, that's what right. you got now. So if someone does this yeah. now, there's people talking shit all over social media about it. So I guess yeah. that's in the 60s. They didn't have that, luckily. So I actually think that it was more black and white back then. And mm-hmm. the adversity today is coming from the fact that there is so much gray area and everyone people don't. They don't know yeah. when they're the bad guy anymore. Back then, it was mm-hmm. like either, but you know, you know what? When you really think about it, with, with like the McCarthyism and everything of the time, right? The people who were being called communists mm-hmm. and being labeled communists, they were no, I'm not, no, you know, yeah, they were yeah, having yeah. the same argument that's really yeah. happening today, and they're calling them socialists today. Back then, they were communists. Yeah, it's a new Crazy. McCarthy era. Great. Crazy. We are dead, and this is limbo. We don't really exist. We're dream figures from somebody else's existence. Or we're each of us having a dream, and everyone else is part of the other person's dream. You call it. You can have it. That's the one thing we have an abundance of. Possibilities. All right, so number two in my list is part of season three, episode 14. There's kind of a theme with my, ep- I, I, with my episode, sort of. Uh, and that pumpkins? is the episode. No, no pumpkins. There's no pumpkins in the Twilight Zone, unfortunately. <laughs> Boo! So I deduct half a star on the show, half, half a digit for that. It's four one. and a half because there's yeah, no Halloween. Yeah, four and a half because there's no ho- there's no Halloween episodes. But yes, the my, my second pick is the episode five characters in uh. search of an exit. 
<laughs> so that's uh, that, this episode has always been one of my favorites. Um, once again, pretty eerie. Uh, in a nutshell, what happens in this episode is you've got five people, all characters. You've got a clown, a major, a ballerina, a bagpiper, and a homeless man or tramp, as they tramp. call him. <laughs> call him a tramp. He's a tramp in the episode. He's a tramp. And they're locked in a cylinder type room with no exits. The opening is up high, which is pretty, you know, they can't get to it. Is literally their only escape. And they're kind of trying to use their wits to kind of get out of the cylinder and figure out what's going on. And they have several fail attempts. They try to jump on each other's shoulders, try to hop over. You know, at one point, I forget which character it is, but they compare the situation to being in hell. Really bleak, you know. And, and when you watch this not knowing, once again, the twist ending. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, what do all these characters have to do with each other? It's kind of random. Stuck on an island. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like, you know, you think about it. You got this homeless guy. You got this clown. You, you know, it's like, what do they have to do with each other? And the big reveal. And, and this is kind of like another episode where there's a lot of banter between the characters. They don't get along. Mm-hmm. Like the clown's acting like a fool. And the sergeant or the major, I mean, is, is upset with them. Acting and annoyed like by a major. Him. Yeah. yeah, acting like a major. All kind of... <laughs> Their, their personas mimic how they act, but you can kind of see how through the episode, they all just hopeless by the end of it mm-hmm. until, mm-hmm. until one of them escapes and you figure out what the twist ending is. And that is that they're all toys. They're all dolls inside of a, if I donation remember correctly, bin. Donation, donation bin. Is it during the holidays? I believe so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's a Christmas and, donation um, bin. Which is funny that it wasn't snowing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> Interesting. Uh, But yeah, they're all toys. And this is another example similar to the After Hours, which I can compare the two because the twist ending is so kind of like out of left field. And it really isn't because it's kind of in your face. When you're watching it, it's obvious that these people are toys. They're not, you know, they're not human. They're human, but there's something off by just the characters themselves. And even the title itself, five characters, characters, in search of an exit tells you that these are not, you know, humans. These are not people. These are our toys. And I just always loved it. Some, again, similar to my previous pick, just that twist ending is so eerie and weird. And there's even mm-hmm. a shot where you see the, the, I believe it's the major that gets out, hit mm-hmm. the ground and it transitions literally mm-hmm. from him to being, you know, the human form to being a toy. <laughs> And then being picked up and thrown back into the bucket. And the classic Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I venture to say that Toy Story would not exist without this episode. Neither <laughs> would Cube. Yeah, yeah, Cube. <laughs> Toy Story. You're right. You know, that the fact that these toys are alive and don't Hell, realize it. All have Lost. This yeah. is the episode. <laughs> yes. And, all have Lost. <laughs> and this isn't the only Twilight Zone episode that the big reveal is that they're dolls or toys. Yeah. There's other episodes where that's the the twist ending is. I think in so one like of them. Like the mannequin? Fr- yeah. Similar, mm-hmm. kind of. That's yeah. why I'm like, these picks are kind of back to back for me. Because um, mm-hmm. both are just maybe, things maybe that aren't those, living. Maybe one of those other episodes is coming up in somebody else's picks. Who knows? Possibly. Ooh, uh, possibly. But I don't. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Great episode. Uh, another thing I consider kind of the epitome of Twilight Zone. 
And uh, I just love it. You know, I'm assuming you guys, I don't know if anyone else has picked this episode, but you're all a fan of it as well. Yes. I'm assuming. Yeah. I, know, I think yes. Sammy, if I remember correctly, I think I showed you this episode for the you first time years episode. ago. Uh, yeah, it was like several <laughs> Christmases ago. Yeah, and we yeah. always end up watching the same things on Christmas. <laughs> it's like wrestling. 80s music videos <laughs> or Twilight Zone. Yeah. It's what all... else is there? What else is there to Christmas? And that's why I love Christmas so much. But this was this one I yeah this one oh, I yeah. saw probably like later in life, but st- like still a while ago. Um, and I I feel so like silly even admitting this, but I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. What's well, <laughs> the point? Like, I was like, whoa, what is this? But I was I already an adult this. at this point. I guarantee you the first know. time he saw it, he didn't get it either. All no, right. no, like, no. Yeah. I'm not saying I, I, I didn't. Oh, I didn't six get years it. old of him did not figure this I out. Didn't, you know? I didn't I figure like, it out. I remember, I remember <laughs> we were watching it, like Sam and I, and we were at mom's house and I put it on. And I, you were like, what's the twist ending? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. It wasn't even, it was probably, it was probably like five or six years ago it wasn't that yeah, long yeah. ago but i was like i was like somebody tell me i'm gonna lose my mind i was wait, freaking wait, out all toys what <laughs> it <laughs> was, it's so exciting to to be that old and just not have no idea so be so oblivious if, if it was a great feeling i love that episode great pick great and, pick. and that and that's what i love about twilight zone sometimes when you don't watch an episode for a long time and you put it back mm-hmm. and you're like oh shit you're right i forgot that's that's the mm-hmm. reveal that's the ending so yeah yeah Def- definitely, definitely in my top three. And oh, I- I've seen this episode so many times. Yeah. I can't even count, honestly. So I love it a lot. Room for one more, honey. Okay, my next, the next uh, Twilight Zone episode of my top, my top three Twilight Zone episodes is from season two, episode seventeen. It is 22. Are you familiar with 22? Oh, yes. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'll, try and, I'll try and simplify this. I have a really winded synopsis here that I wrote myself because, you know, I love to write, but I will make it uh, simple. <laughs> so we have Liz Powell who uh, wakes up in a hospital. She is a dancer. I think she's a stripper, but they, they're not allowed to say that. <laughs> So wink, she's wink. A, <laughs> um, she is definitely she is a, a stripper. Yes, she's an <laughs> overworked, overworked dancer um, who had to be hospitalized from being physically exhausted. And she's very much like a, a knockoff Marilyn Monroe, kind of like poor yeah. man's Marilyn Monroe, like archetype of uh, just big blonde, big boob, blonde hair, bimbo-y kind of character. Uh, she wakes up uh, with this. She has this like reoccurring nightmare where she gets up from her hospital bed She's like really thirsty. She reaches for a glass of of water. The wa- the glass breaks, falls down, the water spills everywhere. She gets out of her hospital bed to walk down the hallway or down the stairs or elevator or something like that and ends up uh, at the very bottom floor to this room and with the number 22 on it that says morgue. And when she goes and approaches the door to see what's going on, a nurse comes out and goes, room for one more, honey. And she has this this dream, this nightmare over and over and over again. Um, she don't know what's going on. Of course, crazy, erratic woman, kooky pants. Like, you know, 
all the doctor and the other people at the hospital think she's nuts. So when she finally recovers from her, just imagine just going to the hospital for being tired. Um, <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> so, so when she finally recovers from just being exhausted, she's headed to the airport to go to her next gig, which I think is like in Florida or something like that. And, um, she notices all these coincidences. It's like deja vu. And it's almost like these nightmares are trying to tell her something because uh, they call for her flight, flight number 22. She's getting the willies now. She starts acting crazy. She walks over to the plane and the flight attendant or stewardess who welcomes her to the plane says, room for one more, honey, loses her shit, just grabs her bag, starts running off the plane erratically. Craziest... (laughs) most fucked up ending ever because the plane takes off and fucking explodes. Yeah. It explodes. And she's just look watching it from through the window. So, okay, she lived, but her her nightmares were telling her something. She does that. It's, <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's funny too because that, episode. that is a good episode. It's funny too because every time I've seen this episode, they always say like Final Destination was, in, was supposed to be like an X-Files yeah. episode. And right, every time right, I watched right. this episode, I was like, this had to have been the inspiration for at yeah. least the first Final Destination, just kind of getting visions of dying and then kind of deja vu. You know, and then it's a yeah. plane, just like yeah. the original Final Destination. So that's what always reminds me. I was like, this had to have been an inspiration, 100%. For you sure. know what I mean? Yeah, I just love, I love the, the, the and, and the thing is that the episode feels long because they make you sit through the dream like two yeah. or three times and you're like okay we fucking get it already but it's obviously <laughs> it's obviously purposeful like it wants you it wants it to feel winded and dragged out and it wants this crazy it wants build to disorient up. you i always yeah felt that it with wants this you episode. to feel yeah. it wants you to 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 feel it um and, and just that room for one more honey so so <laughs> fucking cool i uh definitely top three such a good episode great acting as well I forgot acting. about this one. Yeah, she is really yeah. good in this. It's been a while since mm-hmm. I've watched it. I have to revisit this one. That's one I've got to give another watch. It's been a yeah. while. It was another one of my alternate picks. Oh, nice. there wow. you go. Sweet. Manny has a pick of 50 in front of him. <laughs> no, got a, no. Oh, I've, got, got, I've got alternates six. too. Guys, I, have six I picked one that Manny picked. Ooh, there you go. So good one, Sammy. That's a great <laughs> yeah. episode. Cool. You did have a few drinks at the party now, didn't you? One or two. Hmm. Well, somewhere along the line, your drinks caught up with you. And you got lost. And we ended up here in Centerville. I suppose that's the kind of screwball thing that I would do. So my next pick, we're, I'm going to go a little bit back and piggyback off of, sort of piggyback off of Louis's last pick. What he said about how there's other Twilight Zone episodes that kind of sort of have that similar theme mm-hmm. um i'm going with a stopover in a quiet town mm. um season five episode 30 so as i said before produced prior to an occurrence at owl creek bridge aired after it um stopover in a quiet town basically this couple wakes up um with no memory of how they got to where they are they're super hungover and um they realize that this town that they're in is just something's off about it. There's fake grass outside. There's fake 
animals in the trees. None of the appliances work. The drawers are welded shut, um, mm-hmm. and they have no idea how to get out of this town. Their car's not working. They keep hearing the laughter of this little girl. They're trying to find this little girl. There's nobody else in the town besides the two of them. And um, finally, they get on the train to exit the town, and you know the train starts moving. They're like, great, we made it. We're out of this weird, freaky town that everything is fake inside. And um, the train goes in a circle, brings them right back to the center of town. And now they're freaking out because they're hearing this little girl laughing again, but they can't find where this kid is, and they're the only two people in this town. So then down comes a giant hand (laughs) and scoops these two people up. And it turns out that they are toys in an alien little girl's play box but i mean they're they're humans they're humans that were abducted from earth because that's the last thing that they remember is driving home from a party in manhattan the night Mm -hmm. before um they were abducted from earth and used as playthings in this little girl alien um dollhouse setup and so the little girl that they've been hearing is the girl that's playing with them as toys and the aliens are human. It's, they look human. They don't ve- look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. They're just they're just humans. That, and sh- but they're but I mean, like they make a point to say, light, but. oh but yeah, the abducted. dad says to the daughter, like they're from Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're giants, so just, basically. Yeah, that's kind yeah, of like what weird you get from space it. giants. Yeah, yeah. I love how they're hungover. That's how it's. Yes, they're very hungover. <laughs> they're they were very drinking and driving too, which is like a no no. But you know, it was the sixties. Nobody cared. It was the sixties. <laughs> Lu- Lucy Goosey, Lucy Goosey. Everyone was just pounding them back. Didn't even have seatbelts. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't even have seatbelts. No seat limits. Raw steak just... <laughs> while they were pregnant. Like That's yeah, it. it was just uh, anything goes. That's why they woke up hungover because anything goes. Raw steak C- dipped in cigarette ash. Cigarettes yeah. and raw steak. That's it. All right. That's funny. But no. I do think, like you said, there's that there's there's quite a few episodes in the Twilight Zone where like if you forget the twist and you haven't seen it in a while, this is one of those ones where you're like, oh, okay. But yeah. then they, when you when you kind of think about it more, it's a weird twist because like why are they just giant human looking aliens? Yeah. But, you know, product of the time, it's the sixties, they're not doing makeup on every single episode. Some of the alien makeup is, you know, a third eye. Like, <laughs> a googly eye. Limited right. limited budget, man. They were you know, yeah. Like, well, but I mean, you also I think, think about this episode, the end. This episode works because it's like it's a twist ending, and that's what you come yeah. to expect from the Twilight Zone. So that's why that's why I like it. Yeah, what I like think? that episode a lot. I watched that more recently, actually. I love that when, episode. When you think about it, it's not a very flashy episode. The biggest no. effect is the hand coming down. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, you know, like poor, I guess, 60s, a green screen or whatever it would be. Like the big hand coming mm-hmm. down and grabbing them. And that's basically it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they else really to it. They did that a couple times. They yeah. did that a couple times, too. A couple different episodes yeah. that did yeah. that. That's always yeah. been sort of... That's giants and... D- people, people being toys are, you know, yeah. That's always been it's an easy gimmick. effect. That's it's a, an easy effect, though, gimmick. when you think about it. Big people, little people. Big that's people, it. little people make things <laughs> thick around you. Say, listen, why didn't you want me to reach in there? And how come I kept telling you to hurry? Yeah. That's why it was closing up all the time you were in there. Uh, my next one goes hard sci-fi okay. in this one. Mm. Little Girl Lost, season three, episode 26. Uh, 
I, I, I think a couple yeah. of somebody, somebody else might have had this one, huh? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, no. this incredible, incredible <laughs> episode. <laughs> or did you cover it already? I don't know. No, we did not. All right. Uh, incredible episode uh, where a couple, Ruth and Chris, wake up and they hear their daughter crying. And um, they go into her bedroom and they can't find her. Uh, eventually, they figure out they, they, they figure out that there is a hole behind the door. The wall just disappears, <laughs> just <laughs> opens up into it. They call their friend Bill, their friend Bill, who is, I think he's some sort of scientist or, you know, a physicist, professor, something like that. And he comes and he measures it into, we have a door into an alternate dimension. And somehow she must have, in the most ridiculous way, <laughs> fallen out of bed, rolled under the bed, and then rolled through the wall. <laughs> oh this is the most complicated movement for a four-year-old to do in her, in her sleep. Again, though, it's the 60s. There's not even cribs. You just no. you get a bed, you fall <laughs> off, and good luck. A pad. A pad kids, It was yeah. the 60s. Kids slept on the floor, man. There was no bed. You just throw, that, throw a kid. Here's a blanket. Here's a pillow. Under, under the bed. under the bed. <laughs> uh, at some point, the dog figures out, figures out and goes after her, and they can hear her throughout the house. They can hear her all over the place. They're kind of shouting for her. Uh, and they figure a way to, they're going to go into it. They put a, put a, a rope around Chris's uh, waist and he goes in and he gets inside and it is this alternate dimension where everything is turning and twisting. It basically mm-hmm. looks like the opening credits. Like of the, the intro. Twilight Zone. Yeah. 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 We're, we're literally in the twilight zone, <laughs> you know, for this episode, we literally see it. Uh, and then they pull her out next thing. Oh, oh, the door is, is closing up and he starts banging on the wall. Like, Oh my God, he was almost cut in half. <laughs> but I, I, I absolutely love this. Um, I love the story elements of alternate dimensions and, mm-hmm. and, and doorways to another reality. Um, and it's, it's it, it, as we've said a couple of times already, these, these, these film, these stories have inspired so much. Like yep. this is poltergeist. A hundred percent. I was about to say that. That's it's Carolyn in the walls, yep. you know, a hundred percent. Um, I, I feel, I feel a connection to one of my favorite movies, altered States, the, mm-hmm alternate reality of it that change that the 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 shift in time how it could longer for her shorter for her she may feel like she's right there but it's at, you know uh, altered states doesn't have that i just feel the the theme of it is is similar it's that similar type of sci-fi mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's that segment in the simpsons treehouse of horror where homer yeah. goes behind the wall and goes into the <laughs> yep. 3d dimension yep. yeah. it's, it's all drawn from mm-hmm. this story this base yes. yeah and uh, the guy who plays Bill, total random here, Charles Aidman, he ends up being the narrator for the 80s series. Oh, that's He's the narrator in the 80s series, yep. Yeah, Ooh. which, funny enough, we have to dive into the, into an 80s episode of uh, the 80s version of The Twilight Zone one day because I have not revisited that in a very long time. Neither have I. <laughs> I have the DVDs, too. Yeah, I mean, I, if you don't own it on physical media, it's real tough to track down. Yeah. yeah, I have the 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 Twilight Zone, the black box set with the mm. hot with the holographic images yeah, on each yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. That's the only set that that comes in, unless mm. you can. And there was that release, and then there was one other DVD release of just yeah. the series, which is like impossible to find. Um, I will mm. say that that eighties version is is uh, is a has a creepy intro. I've always mm. remembered that from being a kid. Uh, yeah. But that's a good pick. I do like how two of the picks yeah. have inspired like movies, <laughs> like yeah. literally. All comes from something. 
A hundred percent. It's so funny too because some of these movies, like Poltergeist. Well, three of them. If you three if of you them take after how after hours is mannequin. Mannequin. Is yeah. Final Destination. Yeah. This is Poltergeist. And it's yeah. funny because I Five don't know if Poltergeist exit is definitely Toy Story. Also, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, dude, it's Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson is one of the most prolific writers of the last yeah. like hundred years, easily. Everything we know of of horror and sci fi, he's like the ground for all of it. It all comes from him, and really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it, it, you can just see, like, just the influence. It's kind of, and these are just like episodes we're talking about. There's so many more that have yeah. inspired movies and TV shows. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that we're not even going to touch on right now, but we might in the future. We'll see. Come in, central control. Do you read me? Gresham is dead. Repeat, Gresham is dead. The ship's destroyed. Incredible race of giants here. Race of giants. So my number one pick is probably the most basic bitch of the bunch when it comes to my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. And this is from season two, episode 15, and that is The Invaders. Everyone knows. Probably to me, one of the most, one of the most iconic Twilight Zone episodes. And we'll get into what specifically is iconic about it. Uh, but in a nutshell, it's about this older woman. Again, female lead, alone in a cabin with no modern technology. And basically, she starts to get attacked by these two small beings in what you was, what you don't know this, but they're robots. They look like two little robots. That's the mm -hmm. best way of describing them. If you know the episode I'm talking about, you know exactly what they look yeah. like. And she ends up finding a flying saucer on the roof of her home and she does her best. She's basically fighting off these little robots. She's mm -hmm. throwing things at them. She never speaks. So there's just a lot of grunting and saliva pouring from her mouth. She's getting zapped. Yeah. It's completely silent. She's getting zapped by something you don't see. You know, like there's like sounds, I believe if I remember correctly, the sound effects, pew, pew. there's all kind. Yeah. And she, she ends up, you know, Killing one of them, or destroying, I should say, one of them. And the other one, through voiceover, basically we, we find out that, well, voiceover from the character kind of radioing, radio in, he's yeah. radioing in that there's trouble. And we find out that these are actually humans in spacesuits, and they landed on a planet that's inhabited by giants. Going back to your Chris's pick, maybe, basically. Maybe the same planet. Maybe. Human. Besides the planet. Human-looking giants. And in this mm -hmm. case, they're kind of, you know, mute. Kind of, mm -hmm. you know, right. no technology. And by very antiquated means. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, very Amish. Very right. Amish. There's a fireplace in the house. Uh, and that's basically it. What, um, Agnes Moorhead is the lead in this. She's fantastic. Once again, another, you know, just performance where like manny said completely silent she it's all physical she doesn't yeah literally doesn't speak she just kind of grunts screams when she's in pain and mm -hmm. things like that and it's i think the only to my knowledge only twilight zone episode that's like that where there's not a single line of dialogue until the little guy you know until the twist ending at the very end when yeah. you find out these are humans um it's one of the first episodes i watched so i'm always just kind of nostalgic whenever i see it I loved mm -hmm. it as a kid. Seen it so many times. 
I, to this day, don't own a little replica of one of the little human robot suit guys. I mm-hmm. do want one. Uh, I remember when I went to, in Vegas, they had a Twilight Zone mini golf. And they had a giant one of these guys, one of the robots. It was so funny because in the That's episode, they're, cool. they're tiny. They're but mm-hmm. at this mini golf, you know, at this mini golf, it was a giant one of them. And you basically you didn't try you know, to take it. No. Yeah. Put it in my back pocket. Uh, I just put the ball right through in between. Like it's literally like in between its legs. Funny enough. And uh, I was like, wow, it's awesome. And I, to me, whenever I think of the Twilight Zone, I think of. Oh, one of the episode. invaders, one mm-hmm. of the small little guys. And, you know, that that's basically it. That's why I love it. A lot of nostalgia, mm-hmm. like I said, re- relies on my love for this. I'm Again, I'm 90% sure this is the first ep- Twilight Zone episode I ever saw on the yeah. Channel 11 WPIX marathons from back in the day. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I always go back to it. It's one of the ones I never get tired of. I can always throw it on. Most people are familiar with it if you tell them the invaders – They'll yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Like, oh, the one with the little robot guy, right? Everyone always thinks it's a robot for some reason, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a human in a well, suit. Well, that's how the suit looks. <laughs> I think that was intentional. They of wanted course. you to think it's a robot, but it's just a human in a suit. I, I particularly like that episode because uh, but the, the twist ending, I think what makes it a twist is that you kind of feel bad for this woman. She's like by her. She lives by herself. She's older. She's helpless. She's innocent. She's getting attacked by these things. And she's oh, just she's living. Not gonna make it. But then at the end, <laughs> she's apparently the monster. And they're just trying to invade. And they're just I trying like to. They're just. Well, it's kind of insinuated that they stumbled on this planet. Mm. They went to go right. visit it and didn't know that there were giants on it. So it's an mm. accident. It's like we went to Mars. Right. And really <laughs> shitty reconnaissance. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. You looked at this planet. You didn't see things that are thirty times your size. <laughs> yes. How big? Like this is like us going to Jupiter and then looking down and like, hey, there's no, you know. And then if there's there a were giant people, shadow. Yeah, you know, if there's people on <laughs> Jupiter that are relative to our size in the planet. You look at, oh, I don't see anything there. And you get there and they're 50 feet tall. How did you miss that? That's funny. These are like kaiju-sized people yes. on this planet. <laughs> basically Godzilla. Because the, the, the robot guys are maybe a foot, a little under yeah. a foot possibly. They're, they're under her yeah. foot for sure. Like They're yeah. tiny. So it's it's always funny. And, you know, and and with this role, you like, you know, Angus Moorhead, you could tell she got in. She's sweating. She's yeah. like looks stressed out. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, Im- impressive. And it's funny because I don't know her from anything else. There's nothing else mm-hmm. I I'm sure a lot of these actors have been in other stuff. Um mm-hmm. when it comes to the Twilight Zone especially. But yeah, every time I watch this, I'm always like, wow, this really is. And she looks crazy, her hair and everything. It's just it's just great. And I and I've always, yeah. always loved it. And uh I don't think anything will ever you know, I love a lot of Twilight Zone. I love all Twilight Zone in all honesty, but for me, this is just the one I always go back to. This is the one that represents the show to me. And anytime I think of it, I think of the invaders. I actually want to get the little invader tattooed on me eventually. So we'll see one day soon, hopefully. No one likes to age, but it's a natural process like death and taxes and the weather. But next time on Twilight Zone, we tell the story about what happens when a certain man doesn't age. As a matter of fact, he grows younger. All right. So uh, for my final pick... One of my favorite ones, definitely up there. A short drink from a certain fountain. That's uh, season five, episode 11. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, 
God, I love the writing in this episode so much. The dialogue alone feels so like 60s, the stereotypical characters here. Um, but we have Harmon, who is old, an older gentleman. They don't specify how, how old he is in particular. He's older, though. He's great. He's wrinkled. He's slow. And he has a he's with a woman who is 40 years younger than her, uh, younger than him. Uh, so Harmon and Flora is her name. Flora is relentless. She is just awful. She is constantly reminding Harmon how old he is. She makes fun of him for how slow he walks. She gets mad at him because she wants to go out and dance the night away and he just wants to stay home and read a book. Uh, so she's just absolutely terrible. And for some reason, he loves her so much. She's she's an attractive woman who's 40 years younger than him. But no matter how how much he just she just puts him down and makes him feel like shit for being himself. Um, he still loves her. He has a scientist doctor brother who he reaches out to uh, in an attempt to save his relationship with this woman. He reaches out to his brother because he hears that his brother has been working on a youth serum, but the youth serum has only been studied on animals. It's been very successful on animals, but it's only been studied on animals. Uh, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I have nothing to lose. If I don't do this now, I might as well kill myself. Uh, which is actually a, a scene that we see very briefly in the episode. He's like out the window on the ledge. Um, so so his brother, he advises against it. But of course, it wouldn't be Twilight Zone unless he took it. So he does take this <laughs> youth serum and it works. It's so awesome. It works after just like an hour of, of taking the serum. He looks like he's just about matched Flora's age. So handsome, so charming, and so debonair. And uh, she's so excited. She gets to have the youthful husband that she always wanted, um, that she missed. And uh, But it works too well and too fast, to the point where in just a matter of hours, Harmon has re reversed his age so much that he has become a toddler, a teeny tiny <laughs> little so baby. Silly, yeah. <laughs> a little baby inside of like, adult clothes laying on the bed. And uh, I, I think it's, it's implied in the episode that maybe his brother kind of knew that this would happen, but he fucking hates Flora so much. And I would too, if my brother was dating somebody like that, he hates her so much and he doesn't care about the consequences. He goes through with it for his brother anyway, because he's just like, well, listen to this, you're married to this man. You, you did your vows, you exchanged your vows, you're bound to this man, and now you have to fucking take care of him for the rest of your life. Crazy <laughs> ending. So good. I love this episode. I absolutely love um, Ruta Lee, who plays the the uh, Flora. She's, she is so good at being so awful. Uh, I just think she's just... It's just such a good episode. Definitely, hands down, one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, it's funny, too, because that episode, there's a bunch of episodes, like body dysmorphia episodes where people mm -hmm. want to do things. A ages, a was ageist, right? When you don't. A ageism. Ageist. Yeah. When, yeah. When it's like. So, and it's funny. I, I think this might have come up in one of our previous episodes. I know Manny was on that one for sure, where there's an episode of the Tales from the Crypt where mm -hmm. the guy wants, you know, he has a younger, I believe, girlfriend or wife. I forget what it is. And he wants to be younger. But instead, he's basically cutting all he's swapping out body parts with a younger person so like 
okay, his upper body's all in shape, but his legs are still old. So he has to swap mm-hmm. the legs out with him. So, like, it's similar. If you look, Once Arnold again. Yeah. directed episode. Yes, we've talked about it. It's come up before. <laughs> I, I 100% know we've mentioned it before on the show. Um, but it's funny because that episode reminds me of of the Tales from the Crypt That's episode. Fun. So Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting how you got this character who's old and, you know, he wants to be yeah. young. Also, why yeah. he's forty years older than her. The actor playing him is younger, though, right? They make him look. They make he him is, look they older. Made him, they put like yeah. age spots on him yeah, and wrinkles, yeah. and then we we do see his. It's what's his name, Patrick O'Neill. We do see him when when she sees him for the first time. That's him without any makeup or prosthetics. But they do. They put gray eyebrows, gray hair. He's hunched over and he <laughs> straightens himself out. It's it's. It's pretty good makeup job for, you know, considering. Uh, yeah, I like that episode a lot. It's a good one. What is it? Oh, it's nothing, Mrs. Wilson. Can I get you anything? A glass of water. Surely. Is something wrong? No, I, I thought I saw something out there. What? Nothing. So this is this is the part that I hate because like three is is an extremely limiting number because mm-hmm. there truly are like I mean we could talk for hours. There's we might come amount. back and do a part two to this. There's Who knows? There's yeah. episodes that I could say are my like favorite episodes. However, I kind of bounce back and forth on like what my number one is and i don't and and like it it is a little bit interchangeable and manny yes one of my number ones like all the way at the top is monsters do on maple street i love that episode (laughs) everybody does everybody does it's one of the best period (laughs) however the number one pick that i've decided to go with is nightmare at Twenty Thousand feet that to me is like that is the twilight zone episode I yeah. feel like it is it is that that scene. I mean, do I really have to like break it down? Does anybody <laughs> listening to this episode? Everybody not know knows. What Twenty thousand feet. Is? But, yeah, Something I think that's way. Twenty thousand feet is based on a Richard Matheson story, like Manny said before. Um, directed by Richard Donner, starring William yeah. Shatner. Like, I mean, it's just a heavy hitter episode. It is. I remember watching it as a kid and being absolutely fucking terrified (laughs) of him opening the windows and that Mm -hmm. fucking gremlin face just pressed up against like the giant sentient cotton ball that that, that's I mean that that episode legitimately legitimately scared the crap out of me as a little kid. It scared the crap out of me. It is to me like I think it's the 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 like pinnacle of Twilight Zone episodes. You 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 tell somebody like to name a Twilight Zone episode, chances are, as someone who's not a fan of the show, that's of probably yeah. going to be an episode the one that, that they, they know. Even people who are yeah. a fan of the show are going to pick it. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's in everyone. I think it's in just about everyone's top ten. That like, and I ought to be older. Those are the two yeah. that are yeah. always. I think there's there's know. just like iconic imagery that you associate with Twilight Zone, and that and that is up there. Yeah. And I mean, like William Shatner's performance is just killer. Like yeah. you were saying yeah. about Agnes Moorhead, like sweating, and he is so over the top and like scared and and you really feel the terror in his in his face and also like i'm sure that it's contributed to a lot of fear of flying in people over the years like it's it it's a story that that of course it cannot happen i mean there's probably no gremlins ripping up wings of planes but it's 
it's it plays to that fear of flying that people have in such yeah. a way that like it manifests that fear as something tangible and i think that's yeah. kind of the scariest part about it and and to me that will always be like twilight zone for me yeah mm-hmm. i agree it's one of those episodes too where it, they build it up that you're assuming he's you know see, you know maybe this is all in his head but then with right. the yeah. ending when you see it's opened up and you see that the wing was was ripped open and that last like really mm-hmm. kind of just eerie shot of the wing all messed up you're like oh man he there really was something on the wing that was trying yeah. to take the plane down for some reason this creature just likes to destroy planes it, it's, you know what I, you know what's always freaked me out about this episode how did that creature get up there what what's the i, I want the lore i want the lore maybe it has wings we've gremlin. never seen I the gremlin, just like Dick Miller talks about in Gremlins. There are gremlins up there. They that's just, what this is. Yeah. They he's just a gremlin. show up. They just yeah, show up. That's, pilots always talk about gremlins in the plane, gremlins in the engine. Yeah, yeah. He's a gremlin in the engine. And I will say this is one of the few stories that was remade with John Lithgow in the 80s film. That's really good. Yeah, I was going to bring that also, up. Yeah. Also kind of sort of remade in the 2019 Yeah, there's Twilight a new Twilight Zone. Zone. Peel one. It was they called it like 30,000 feet and it took they're on place. an island it's a little different yeah it was like something to do with podcast i don't yeah, know really it was one. weird that one was kind of uh, a little yeah, too pre- little too little I, too pretentious <laughs> yeah, i actually saw the john lithgow one first but that's because mm. that's because i watched movies way too younger than i should have I, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean i i probably watched that i had to be like five or six years old when i saw that the, the original twilight zone movie um i think it's still the the, the john lithgow version he plays it super well. He's, it's still great. It's still yeah. well done. The only my only gripe with that one is the gremlin looks. I like the way the gremlin looks. It looks like a chupacabra. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's less scary like. than than the man in the mask kind of look. See, I that's my saw, only gripe with it because I saw that one first. When I finally saw the Twilight Zone one, it didn't. It didn't. I, like, I love the you. episode, but it didn't do it because I it didn't. It was just a guy in a big puffy suit. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a big fluffy suit. It was like it didn't look like a creature. It was yeah. just a guy. Yeah. In a so suit. again, as we said before, parodied in a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Yes, the school yeah. bus <laughs> nightmare at twenty feet yeah. or whatever it was. The yeah. gremlin on the side of the bus that only Bart, Bart could see. It's a great episode. That's a yeah. Great it gets it gets reference a lot too, just in TV and film. I remember uh, in Bridesmaids where she had took too had too many drinks, and she's like, "There's an old colonial wo- colonial woman on the yeah. on the wing of the plane." Uh, going it's back so to funny. the creature from the re- from the, the the 80s movie Twilight Zone, I just liked how greasy and gross the little mm-hmm. creature. He looks smaller and kind of it's more like yeah. a puppet. He's covered mm-hmm. in yeah, he's covered in condensation. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, he's covered in all that whatever gunk would be in the sky yeah. that makes a yeah. cloud you know yeah. <laughs> and it's cool and, and it's directed and, yeah. by george miller too yeah yeah yes yeah. so and that and yeah that gets, i could see us in the future covering the uh twilight zone movie so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that we yeah. won't dive into that one too much but that I, is i do love this story though so to the I. point where i actually have a uh, a fan fiction story that i've been a script that i've been working on for for a few years based on this episode and it tells Mm. the story of the airplane from the perspective of a different person on the plane Mm. oh that's watching this happen that's cool yeah there's a reason why they're on the plane there's a reason for 
you know, I don't want to give trade, it away because who knows who's watching this and take my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah don't give it away, Manny. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tell me when that, we're not recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, Chris, classic episode, good one. My number one. Nothing, nothing wrong. to be ashamed of, Chris. That's a that's a, yeah, a gem. Safe pick, safe pick, but it's all good. Solid safe pick, but it's all good. Well, shall we run through it again, Miss? Oh, no, thank you, but. I was just noticing it. It isn't very much, but that bag. What about it? Well, it's just like mine. It's identical, even to the broken handle. What is this? Some kind of a game? What? That is your bag, lady. You checked it. Uh, so this one is... It is definitely my favorite episode of The Twilight Zone. Absolutely my favorite episode. And it is one of the two that actually scared me two episodes that scared the living shit out of me when I first saw them and this was one of them and um, it actually is one of the few weird fears that I have like everybody's afraid of something that's not actually real yeah mm. you know like uh, 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 and this is one of them mirror image <gasps> mm-hmm. <laughs> doppelgangers completely freak me out the idea that your other self on the other side of the mirror can come out and 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 take over your life and and it's it is one of the freakiest like mm-hmm. just spine tingling like I get goosebumps thinking about it things and so this is a story about uh, Millicent Barnes played by Vera Miles. Does mm-hmm. anybody know who Vera Miles is from Psycho? Yes, yeah. yes. Marion Crane's sister. sister. She's in Psycho yeah. 1 and 2. Yes, she yeah. is. Um, so uh, Millicent Barnes is at a is at a uh, bus stop waiting for her bus. And she starts to she, – she talks to the teller and asks him if the bus is going to be – what time is the bus coming because it's clearly running late. And he gives her an attitude. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's kind of the same time it was when I told you ten minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean I haven't been up here before? What are you kidding me? You were just here. It's... Then she turns around and she see and then she sees that there's a bag behind the desk behind the guy's desk. Oh, I have a bag just like that. And she turns and her bag is missing. She says I had a bag just like that. She says, What are you crazy? That is your bag. <laughs> um, and. So essentially, she she starts to realize that there is another person in this single room bus stop, which is even freakier. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no rooms. There's nowhere else to go. It is just one big open room with a couple of benches in the center and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. So if you're in this, you can see every single person and everything that's there. And somehow there is a second person here that looks just like her. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. clearly is doing things. While she's sitting there and she can't see it, but other people are interacting with this. Like she was just there. She's been sitting in this, in this bench the whole time. But the doppelganger of her was just talking to the teller. Who's not 10 feet away. They had a whole freaking conversation. (laughs) She missed it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Uh, then there's a point where she goes into the bathroom and the door swings open behind her and she sees the double sitting in her seat in the bench behind her. Uh, <laughs> eventually this guy comes and it's what what Sam keeps what Sam said earlier, how there's always this hysterical woman trope. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's 50s, 60s. It was always there was a hysterical woman trope in general. And this is 
totally one of those things where they everyone treats her like she's crazy and there's something wrong with her. Oh, there's something wrong with that lady. She's going to need some help. She's, you know, so this one guy takes some sympathy. Somebody get that dame a cigarette. Yes, you know, you know what's wrong with that crazy dame? Exactly. <laughs> um, so he tries to help her because he feels bad for her. He feels like, okay, maybe this woman's losing her shit, but uh, I'm just going to give her a hand here because she's kind of pretty, you know? Because yeah. he's hitting on her a little bit too a couple yeah, of times, you know? Um and eventually they they call the police on her and they actually have her arrested and committed because she's just she's off her loony. rocker. Yep, Looney Tunes. She's off her rocker, you know. She's she's playing some sort of trick here and they can't be ha- can't be had. And he everybody else gets on the bus. He misses the bus because he waits with her as she goes off to the police. And then he turns around and he sees someone run out the door that looks familiar, and he goes after him. And he chases the guy down the street and then you get this shot of him running and then the other comes in and this scared the Mm -hmm. shit out of me. (laughs) This shot and he's running after himself. Yeah. That Mm. was the shot that just... Freaked that was out. it. I was done. Yeah. I was not sleeping for days after that. <laughs> <laughs> the concept and, of like a mirror, like yeah, you're right. Like yes. just the doppelganger whole concept because yes. it's it's ambiguous so in this cool episode too. Shot is like it is ambiguous. Yeah, the abruptness of mm. of him running into himself is because yep. like mm-hmm. that's it. That's where the episode like ends. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the thing and it turns around and it smiles at him and he yes. looks at it, yes. it stops and he just runs off, and then that's it. The end and that's it. The end, it's over. <laughs> there's a fear yeah. people have of mirrors right where if they're ever alone yeah. in a room with a mirror and it is creepy I, when you think about else. it yeah, yeah like, like you're mirrors. looking at yourself i've never liked mirrors i have there's no mirrors in my Listen, in it house oh, man, other than the bathroom work, but it was decent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it is it is a freaky thing when you think about like, it just kind of looking at yourself and like that this thing is almost like but you it, it's just it, your reflection but it, feels it is weird close, though. Like yeah. that episode doesn't. That episode doesn't really. It's really up to your interpretation no of what exactly happens. Like, mm-hmm. it, is it all in their head, or are they delirious because yeah. they're tired, or is this haunted, or is it? You know, what 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 realm are we in? Or is everybody have a doppelganger, or is it a ghost? Like, I don't really know. I love that episode. That was actually like a like a honorable mention. That was like a number four, let's say, for me. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't des- decide with my three, but I love Mirror Image. For the same exact reasons, it fucking freaks me out. Yep. Yeah. Why and is my like, who's touching my bag? Who's, who's the real one? Is the yeah. one who dropped the bag off first the real one? And You're right. is the one who got on the bus the exactly. real one? Exactly. That's part there's, of the part of the freaking. Yeah, there's such an Are you the doppelganger? Like not knowing, right? Yeah, and you've not known this whole time. It there's there's a real terror in that unknown. Yeah. yeah. It, it's funny too, because what what is it? Us? Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. us, a hundred percent was inspired oh, by this yeah. episode, the whole do- doppelganger thing and it's how there's a good movie. For sure. but, mm, I hate him for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So he got good. real close. He got real close to making an amazing film. I'm not going to go into this, but <laughs> we don't have to because I fucking love that movie. too. I love it Uh-oh. too, but I love it too. But there's a. Mm, there's a I part have of so you many. That... I have so many problems with it. As good <laughs> as it is, that I think that's part of what makes a good movie when there's a million problems with it, but you still love it. Yeah, that's what yeah. Makes it, like, I still love the movie, but Jesus Christ, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely and, no sense. And that's the magic of Twilight Zone when you yeah. think about it. These stories are so yeah. simple. They keep things yep. kind of ambiguous where, like, you don't need everything spelled out for you. You don't need an answer no. to everything. You know, some of my, all it, of my it, picks, it, it there is an answer. It plays to the audience's yeah. fears in a lot of ways. And it plays exactly. to interpretations and it lets it lets you as a viewer kind of decide what you want to take from the episode for sure yeah. and that's and that's all of twilight zone whether it's a mannequin how does a mannequin come to life and have a personality and all that to you know doppelgangers to something on the wing you know of a, of a, yeah. of a plane like <laughs> am i an npc yeah or am i the main character i don't know no, I, I, somebody, I could be a sim. <laughs> you know, as main character know. eyebrows right there. <laughs> Thanks, Manny. <laughs> All right, so we'll run down the line. Everyone pick one episode that was an alternate, or one they were thinking about picking and then changed their mind last minute. I'll go first. We'll go in the same order. So mine was season five, episode seventeen, number twelve. Looks like you. Mm. That was that was one of my I'd say an honorable mention one I was toying with maybe mm-hmm. pulling one out and putting maybe pulling out the after hours for that one but yeah. I stuck with the after hours but I am a big fan of number 12 looks like you great episode maybe we'll maybe we'll come come back around to this one in the future Sammy an honorable mention I don't I don't have note of like what season or, or episode it was. Yeah. I did already note that mirror uh, mirror image was definitely like a, a number four or five to me. Uh, the 16th millimeter shrine. Uh, oh, okay. If you're not familiar with that, it's it's a, a really creepy episode. I, I like it mostly because I can relate to the the themes in that uh, that episode. It's really creepy, really cool. Definitely a favorite. Chris. Um, I'm going to throw in another Burgess Meredith time enough at last. I think. Of course. <laughs> is so fucking bleak. Yeah, it's such depressing. a bleak episode. And, and that's why I like imagine just being the last dude on earth and then you're fucked and you can't do the one thing you want to do. It's so <laughs> yeah. bleak. I love it. Yeah. It sucks Great. to be him in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Manny, yeah. one honorable mention. Just one. Um, the one is the other episode that scared the hell out of me. The Howling Man. Oh, of course. Mm. Ooh, uh, that's a classic. Sean Carradine. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that, the Devil's Transformation. Just, it was like, it, when I, first time I saw that, it was like the first time I saw it, like Leatherface slam the door shut yeah. after, after hitting. Yeah. That my stomach and heart just seized yeah. <laughs> for, and, and you know, you're looking at it, it's such a cheesy effect. It's so, but when I first saw that, I, it was the last thing I was expecting was see watching him transform on screen and it scared the absolute hell out of me. And I, I just love, I love it. Yeah. And, and all of these episodes, we could de- dedicate one of our episodes to one and go on. Mm-hmm. So, I'm yeah. sure in the future we'll do that. Some of these might come back and we'll just dive super deep somebody, somebody, into them. I hope some listeners like taking notes and putting together a marathon of all of our episodes here. Yeah, you got to do it. They're good, I hope so. they're good picks. That's Do that tonight. Marathon all the episodes we, <laughs> we, we picked. Just go. Five, six hours. It's on hours. Netflix. It's on Paramount+. Plus. It's on Pluto. Everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. Twilight Zone's everywhere and it rules. Yep. Well, we're being televised now. It's not unusual that we televise executions, Mr. Wordsworth. Last year in the mass executions, we televised around the clock. 1,300 people were put to death in less than six hours. 
So those were our top three Twilight Zone episodes for now. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Haunted Hangover. Also, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash hauntedhangover31. And if you can rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. And as always, remember, the best cure for a hangover is... More booze! More booze. Catch you guys later.